don't be afraid of change. Embrace change. Embrace change, yeah. You're plugging in to the Digital Assets Podcast. Welcome to Stockholm School of Economics, Alice, and to us in the Digital Asset Society. It's an honor to have you here. Uh, and I want to start off directly with a tweet I saw uh, recently, uh, where you said that, I will quote it directly, I find it fascinating that change will only accelerate. We think that everything changes fast now, but it will probably never be moving this slow of today ever again. Technology will develop exponentially, and there is no good alternative but to embrace change. I love the way you put this. Uh, is this sort of an indirect reflection of your excitement and passion for Web3, or is it something else here? No, I think it's definitely a reflection of the enthusiasm for Web3 yeah. <laughs> and the crypto space. Um, I think like in general, what I've seen is that a lot of brands are very shin, uh, scared of change and uh, that like stops them from developing. But what they don't realize is that it's just going to be accelerating and go faster and faster and it's going to be more and more change. So mm. you better just like jump on the ride and like continue to learn and embrace change. Don't instead. try to stop evolution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like just go with it and like <laughs> learn about it. <laughs> I love that uh, that mindset you could almost say. Uh, so, just because this was a very abrupt like <laughs> introduction, but just moving back in time a little bit, so the audience can get to know you a little bit better here. Like, what's your background? Did you was you born into the Web three, or <laughs> did you begin with something more traditional, or where did it start? Yeah. So when I graduated, I started working as a developer. So I did uh, animation and code. But after a while, I got a camera from uh, my partner, Ryan. And then uh, we started a production company together. So we traveled around the world and like did uh, photography and video for brands, uh, for commissions. But also uh, when we found projects that we found really interesting as the two of us, we uh, photographed and did video about those stories as well. Um, and that led us into the project I'm working on now, which is called The Wild Within. So we were traveling and we found this town called Skaltubo in the country of Georgia. Okay. It's a country below Russia and it's fam very famous for its mineral waters and which is said to have like healing powers. So it's, it was a very popular spa destination during the Soviet Union. But when it, the Soviet Union fell, the town became abandoned some displaced people from the war have uh, moved in there now but mostly these buildings are completely empty so when we walked around in that town we found it really fascinating and started like photographing the interior and the rooms in there and uh, that uh, when we came back from that trip we saw these pictures and it felt like something was missing because it was these big rooms that were like empty spaces so then we digitally introduced vegetation and plant life and uh, it was such a fun process to just like sit and build up in these 3d programs and like uh, you can yet let your imagination run wild and uh, it was very like uh, a feeling of freedom and then uh, when we had this project we uh, started hearing about crypto art so then uh, in the winter like 2020 2021 we applied to super rare and got accepted so then we started selling at the, that platform as nfts then exactly yeah. so like the um, nfts is uh, photographs and then we built them up in uh, 3d software and uh, put in plants and stuff and then we exported as video clips with the moving plants so that uh, the buyer can have it on the wall and uh, see the movements of the plant. So we wanted to give it a bit of a meditation feeling and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. How is that to go from the traditional art to moving more into digital art and NFTs? Was that a big change? Um, not 
will yeah so it was fun to like start learning about the 3d software and stuff i think it's like i've always wanted as i'm always very curious so in my life i always like jump around between like different technologies and stuff and this was something i found like to be like extremely fascinating yeah. and super fun because you can create like whatever you want uh so and when we did this project i also like started looking at other people's art and got so inspired because like people are doing like, crazy stuff and like really like, really cool art um so i think it was because of that like the fascination for it and, and was it only like the how to say it, the technological aspect and dimension or was it also some sort of like the idea of web web3 like the decentralized ownership that also was like appealing to you uh. yeah definitely like because before I've been working a lot with like tons of different brands mm. and usually like they have like some kind of vision themselves of what the product or the content you create should look like. So usually it contains like feedback rounds and uh, stuff like that. But here you can have your own freedom and it gives like a lot of uh, new ideas, I think, to creators to uh, let their imagination run wild and don't be like hindered by that it should be in a specific like um way because it should fit the brand so uh, yeah i think that's like people are experimenting a lot which is so much fun and we also touched upon that a little bit earlier but why did you choose uh, super rare to to launch your nfts um, all the platforms yeah exactly so when we started learning about this there was only now there's like tons of nft platforms yeah. but there were like a few big ones then and super rare was uh, a curated one so you had to apply and be accepted to sell um and we saw that the brand seemed really nice so we applied for it and then we got accepted there uh, so then we put up our first nfts and then people could bid on it so then we sold the first one there yeah and uh, when when was this what was the first sale i think this was in in the January 2021, maybe. Okay. And when did you move from working with brands, or are you still active working with brands, or are you completely by yourself now, uh, you mm. and Ryan? Yeah, exactly. So me and Ryan are uh, mostly completely working uh, full-time with this by ourselves. But uh, if there is a brand that comes and it's a lot of fun or, like, very inspiring, then sure, we can do, like, a, a work for them. But now it feels more beneficial for us to put all our focus into this because I see this as a really booming uh, field and I think it's going to develop a lot. So I think it's good to be in this field now. <laughs> and, and talking about booming, we, we it's it's easy for us crypto visionaries if you want to, to, to build up this fu utopian future where you know everything's Web3, everything's decentralized uh, and we have this this abstract vision but in reality there are a lot of barriers for mass adoption so i'm curious to hear your opinions or your thoughts on what do you think is like needed for nfts or web3 as a phenomenon to be really more implemented in people's everyday life and to be a, also to be a more accepted uh, idea yeah well first of all there has been a lot of uh, um, articles about the environment yeah and uh, a lot of the NFTs are on the Ethereum blockchain network. But uh, now when the merge is happening, now in September, it's going to become very much more like uh, climate... Eco-friendly. Uh, yeah, Eco-friendly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I think that will be uh, a big thing for big companies that uh, have before like uh, not to getting, wanted to get involved in... Uh, NFTs because of the environmental impact, but now when it's gonna be environmental ne neutral, like I think a lot of big companies are gonna move into the uh, field as well, and uh, a lot of like investment from that. But I think also for mass adaptation, I think it's still very young, so I think it needs to take time, and the field needs to be developed more. But also there is a lot of uh, um, questions about uh, cyber uh, like security and uh, 
to keep your keys, close your heart, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and be really careful because as long as these big scams are going around, like, and people are gonna be scared of it, and we won't reach like mass adaptation until there is like more security and more uh, effort put into stopping these uh, scammers. Are you into other types of digital assets or as well, or do you keep most NFTs and work with NFTs? Uh, yeah, um, mostly the NFTs. Yeah, so I've been collecting a few uh, pieces. Then and yesterday I got my token frame, which is a, <laughs> nice. a digital screen, so I can like uh, show my. Uh, c- you can connect it to your wall- wallet, and now you can broadcast your NFTs on the screen in my apartment, which is nice. That's nice. Yeah, because everybody's like, "Why would you buy it? What are you gonna use it for?" <laughs> and then it's now it's like, well, "Come to dinner at my place." <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> and do you do you talk about that? When it comes to NFTs, uh, because I, I think some people in in Sweden argue that, or that I've met argue that, like for for from a worldwide perspective, crypto like Bitcoin, for instance, is some kind of Trojan horse to to you know increase ad- adoption because most people are financially underprivileged. You know, they, they don't have the financial privilege of it's a big deal to have access to and own bank account in, in cyber safes if, if you will but for people in sweden and the nordics where we have you know bank ideas which and all those parts it's harder to to for the financial perspective to be the most appealing one and rather maybe what is needed for adoption here is nfts that nfts the, the more social aspect of owning your content uh, is is like the way for convincing if you will uh, swedish people and people in the nordics that this is actually something valuable do you uh, do you like uh, agree with that narrative or, or what's your view here um what okay what's the question again no. <laughs> no no more like if you think that like the next the first step was the financial aspect like okay bitcoin is a nor- new form of money and cryptocurrencies are challenging the traditional finance financial system but then the next step is like the social aspect like okay owning uh, owning your own content whether it's through podcast or writing or or creating art like is 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 that do you think that that is what is needed for for us to to move into bigger adoption mm, yeah well i think so because like um that's like the point of web 3 right because yeah. web 1 was like the read-only web you go into these static websites and you read and you're taking in information but you can't really like interact so then web 2 came and you could do interaction and it was like a platform economy but with that came a big uh, problem as well because there was this like tech giant that got like so much power and uh, could like sell your data <laughs> and <laughs> also like earn so much money and there was uh, a lot of content creators t- who needed like millions of streams to even get like uh, money for what they're doing and they are the ones who like keep these websites running like youtube and all these like different big brands so with web3 it's more that you can own your own content that you create and i think that's like a like revolutionizing technology that you can like do that and that will uh, like really make people inspired to create and like uh, don't be dependent on these uh, platforms and there's also gonna be like a lot of new like social platforms that gonna like be created where uh, uh, people can upload their own content and then you own it and every time it resells you're gonna own it and we see that with like music and podcasts mm. and uh, uh, other forms of NFTs of course yeah and then suddenly people will just you know accept it as a as a you know uh, as a something obvious that yeah. yeah of course I need to have this verified uh, or like of course I have my Twitter profile picture uh, as an NFT verified yeah exactly yeah. like uh, I th- um, I found an interesting like thing it was like with buying and selling houses for example like when you buy and sell houses you don't really see like you get like the paper version of what renovations and stuff has been done but in the future maybe if you buy and sell houses and there is this nfts and it says it's like a dynamic nft so it can be updated and it says when you do renovations and stuff so you can like have that provenance on the blockchain and it will be easier to see what's been going on so it's like to make less errors as well Mm. 
Have you noticed that some businesses are implementing this? For instance, as you mentioned there with the, with housing, uh, do you know of any projects implementing yeah, uh, this at the moment? Yeah, sorry, you can say it again yeah, because I now interrupted you. No, no, no. Uh, go ahead. Do you know any businesses that are currently actively working with this? Uh, yeah, well, there is a lot of brands working with uh, uh, NFTs and NFT brands and doing collaboration like Adidas with Board APL Club and uh, a lot of brands are like dipping their toe into it <laughs> with the starting with collaboration but I think it's just gonna go bigger and bigger and eventually like NFTs are gonna become like a everyday thing for a lot of companies. Yeah. Uh, but just before we continue with the rabbit hole of NFTs just like if we all just could take a step back and just for the audience like I, th- I think and I hope that most people listening now are quite familiar with the concept of an NFT but I, it would still be you know fun to hear your perspective on because everybody uses different explanations so like if you if i were five years old how would you explain nft to me (laughs) (laughs) and 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 what part of the nft as a phenomenon do you you do you uh, do you uh, find the most interesting um okay i'll start with the first one if i uh, would explain it easily and how i think about it it is that it's a extremely secure certificate for digital or physical assets that's like the simple explanation yeah. that I go with but uh, uh, what's inspiring uh, what was the second question yeah, so the other one is uh, if like what part of the NFTs as a phenomenon do you do you find the most appealing and interesting is um, it the financial aspect or more the technology or or the philosophical you know perspective of owning your your rights or like what is the most appealing yeah. aspect mm. I think the philosophical and uh, like the technological aspects definitely I think it's uh, cool when it comes this uh, kind of new technology that gives freedom to the people in a way if it's adopted in the right way of course Uh, but also the technology like how people are uh, thinking of NFTs and like that it's developed so much and you can do like dynamic NFTs for example like people did this human one i don't know if you heard about yeah. it it's like a, a nft that is also a physical it's connected to a physical piece as well and it updates he can update it so now for example it's a it's an astronaut walking around in like a war zone to uh, put like uh, emphasis on the war in ukraine mm-hmm. so it's uh, interesting how you can like uh, as an artist put like um put emphasis on different uh, world events or you can do whatever you want you can make an nft and it's you can change it depending on if it's nice weather out or if it's raining Mm. so yes this uh, like technological uh, technological aspects in combination with people's creativity is what i find really interesting and uh, alice we we met at uh, an uh, nft uh, event this early spring and uh, you told me a bit earlier that you have done gone to a couple during the summer and maybe before this as well would you like to share some of your experiences some other exhibitions you've gone to yeah so i've been exhibiting this uh, project in some different countries Uh, and this summer i went to the nft in event in new york city which happens like once a year so i was there last year as well but uh, it's so much fun because it comes like so many people from mm. this different uh, part of the world and uh, everybody's there for like their uh, so interest in this web3 and what nfts and there is a big like convention but a lot of people just go to the events around it because mm. there's like tons of events and parties and panel discussions so it's very inspiring to go there so if you're interested in nfts maybe you should go there next year and like indulge yourself in the (laughs) (laughs) yeah but but what did this this was when the market had tumbled right quite much or was it still this the same kind of excitement yeah the price movement yeah we were talking about that earlier as well like (laughs) the that's the yeah it was like 
people were very excited yeah. and uh, <laughs> it was just before like it w- crypto goes up and down like uh, obviously like especially when you've been in this for a while you know that that's what happens but then they had gone down like right before the uh, end of the New York City and everybody was like uh, I think some people maybe canceled their tickets and yeah. stuff but when you came there people were also people a lot of people are in this and they think long term yeah so People were, you didn't really notice it. <laughs> Not with the parties either, because a lot of companies <laughs> and a lot of these like collectibles have earned so much money this time period. So they had the buffer to like uh, host like crazy events, anyways. Yeah. And how's it like? Uh, is it uh, colors everywhere? <laughs> I can't imagine. Uh, yeah. Could you describe how it looks like? Yeah. And so uh, there is this like. Uh, convention where you can go and listen to panel discussions if you buy a ticket to the event that is ongoing every day for a week or something but um, there is tons of events around it and some people and some events are really colorful as you said like the doodles have like a big pop-up store and like uh, events and you can go to the doodle thing and the cool cats had like Mm. big like space where they like turn their uh that building into like a cool cat experience and the board ape yacht club hosts like crazy parties in the evenings and uh, so it's a combination between like in the daytime maybe you go to the um, collectible events and uh, meet people and in the evening there is usually like gallery openings or nft exhibitions or parties you can go to and uh, for how many is it or is it for many days or like how long Mm. does it last yeah uh, maybe like five days okay and you were there the whole week or yeah because usually it's like some days before or some day after and you combine it a lot with meetings as well because this is your chance to meet the people that you've been talking to online so a lot of the time in the day is full of meetings as well for me and ryan at least okay Uh, and moving like more into your s- into your art you, you talked about it a little bit in the beginning but it would be uh, interesting to hear more you elaborate on like what art you are like is there a general theme of what kind of art you are creating and like what messages that you want to convey through it or yeah so the art is very inspired by the feeling of like revival and nature claim- claiming back these spaces so creating this art it's like i want the viewer to feel this like meditative feeling and it's looping so it's going on forever and i've also worked with different composers to compose music to the pieces so you can listen to it as well and um yes like a calming feeling and uh some something as well where i feel inspired to create more i think is important um yeah and so this is something you think about like every time you are creating like is th- or is it just a consequence more of your creativity that it seems to be always something reflecting this calmness or mm, i think in this project it yeah. was uh, this calmness at least but we have done uh, another nft project as well it's uh, when we went back to georgia because when we were shooting there the first time uh, photographing there was a lot of stray dogs that we saw was suffering. So we wanted to uh, make some kind of help for help for them or create some help for them. So then we went back to Georgia and we took these portraits of these stray dogs. And I was scared of dogs before. <laughs> now I'm not. <laughs> but uh, they were so cute. And uh, a lot of them were like really suffering as well, though, because uh, uh, of the circumstances. So we... F- did this series with portraits of these dogs and then we came back and then we sold them as nfts in a collection called underdogs and then we were able to collect money for the shelters and uh, food and medicine and oh, what we all beautiful. yeah <laughs> thank you what we also did was we took the name of the collectors and then we built uh, houses for the dogs and we put the names of the collectors on the houses so that uh, uh when the pictures come from the cute dogs sitting <laughs> in these houses, the uh, collectors wanted to share that as well to spread awareness to make more people invest in the project as well. Mm. And how did you end up in Georgia? Mm, it was 
it was because of uh, Ryan because when uh, we worked as photographer mostly he uh, was there for a f- uh, typically fashion week so he shot the fashion week in Georgia and that's why uh, uh, and he was like oh my god I love the country and then <laughs> uh, I wanted to visit as well and then I came there and it's a really nice country <laughs> so uh, then we traveled around there as well and you work a lot together and what part of the work is do you usually do and what uh, is uh, Ryan's uh, specialities or how do you divide the work mm, Ryan comes from a more uh, uh, photographical background uh, but uh, I've been a photographer for a lot of years as well so we basically do everything together like we shoot the buildings together and then we uh, build them up in the 3D program together I learned the 3D programs first but then I taught him uh, so now uh, both can do uh, basically everything sometimes we have to uh, rely on each other <laughs> but uh, it's very uh, much a um, collaborative project yeah and speaking about your work, uh, how is it to work? You you touched upon it a little bit earlier, I think, but uh, more elaboratively, how is it to work with NFTs privately compared to working as a pho- photographer for for like more common brands? I think like H and M and Nike and and all these companies. What are like the main differences and and the pros and and cons? Mm, I think the main difference is this that. Uh, you get more freedom and uh, um, that you don't have to rely on, or you don't have to um, uh, adopt everything to feedback rounds. And sometimes when it's feedback rounds, you can get a little bit tired of the project. But when it's your own stuff, you feel a more of a um, buyer to keep on building. And I think that's really important to um, build upon your own brand and invest in yourself instead of investing in other brands and work for other people because that's the best investment you can have I think in your work life in the future uh, and but are there some parts that you miss from or maybe you still work with them but like from from being are there some you know it's easy for us often to <laughs> to emphasize all the pros with with this new era but of course there are there must be some counsel as well, right? Uh, y- definitely. I don't think this business is for everyone, like, uh, 100%. Like, I think there's a lot of, uh, um, what is it called, like, security when you work in a regular job and you get a regular paycheck and uh, stuff like that. So I think this uh, is, uh, you have to be really, like, uh, into it to <laughs> make it happen and put a lot of effort into it. It doesn't just, like... Happen, or for some people yes happens but <laughs> usually it takes a lot of work in marketing and uh, everybody in the nft space is on twitter so you have maybe have to be active there and uh, a lot of people i know uh, online struggle with this mental health of always mm. having to be online 24 7 and always have to be like accessible and uh, uh, work and compare yourself to others and stuff so i think it's not for everyone but uh, yeah if it's for you, it's for you. Yeah. <laughs> and how does that work for you? Do you, do you get paid in cryptocurrencies? And uh, yeah, exactly. So when we sell our art, we get paid in crypto. And then you convert them to Swedish kroners and use them like that? Or? Yeah, sometimes. Some of it we convert, some some of it we don't. Because I'm a <laughs> believer. <laughs> no, but... Uh, uh, yeah. But just... Uh, uh, because I, I think you uh, touch upon something very interesting there, like, because I, in my, if I use my, like, uh, prejudices a little bit here, for me, like, the, the, the traditional artist is, is more of a, a person, like, thinking independently and, and just wanting to, to focus on the art itself as much as possible, devote as much possible time and energy to the, to, to the art and, and all the other distractions they often don't want to, you know, <laughs> to handle. So uh, as you said, like when you are doing this privately, you need to be everything. You, you cannot only create art, you need to, you know, be the marketer manager as well uh, and the HR, etc., <laughs> for for your brand and for yourself. So do you think that's something peop- a lot of artists are struggling with? And yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Because uh, it is hard. It is hard with marketing sometimes and sometimes it is. Like, but 
I think that for some people, maybe the best solution is to have a manager mm. or like uh, hire someone to do that for you if that's not your strong trait. So uh, I think you have to think yourself, like what kind of person are you? What do you want to focus on? Uh, I think it's fun with marketing and uh, I love being on Twitter as well and stuff. But if you're not that kind of person, maybe you uh, want to hire like a manager. Yeah. Do you think this can like prevent people from maybe a little bit older than you that are from a more traditional art background that may see the benefits of like NFTs as a as a decentralized concept, but still feels that there are so many barriers technological and uh, and time wise that that it's it's better to just stick with the with the old routine i think that's very true i think uh, that's how a lot of brands feels as well mm. and i think that uh, it is a lot to learn and you need to put in like a lot of time and effort to understand what's going on and to be um I don't know, like relevant and uh, to uh, I mean, understand what's going on. So if you don't have time and efforts, then you better stick with like your old routines instead. And what do you consider your breakthrough? Mm. How did you get to where you are now? You Yeah, I think it was when we started selling on Super Rare, um, which was um, really... Uh, fun and uh, good for us and then uh, uh, this summer when Jim Carrey bought one of our uh, art pieces as wow, well. Wow, he did? Oh, he bought? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he bought one so that was good as well because uh, it was good PR and I respect him as an artist as well and as an actor. That's, uh, it, it feels like the future is bright for you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you we have like i think more or less emphasized these aspects but in a maybe in a more structured way like could you like what are, what are the main like strengths and weaknesses of nfts versus traditional digital arts N- not like how you know working within that area we have already talked about but more like nfts or traditional art if you want to convey your art and your message or <laughs> whatever you guys <laughs> how you put it but like what are like the the main benefits and strengths and weaknesses as well? Mm, I think uh, strength is uh, that it's uh, very international and you can reach like a broad audience. And a lot of people are focused on Twitter and looking watching these like different uh, websites where people trade NFTs. Uh, so it's very early still so it's very like uh, all eyes are on the same spaces when it's gonna get broader it's gonna like uh, people are gonna look elsewhere as well so right now that's a strength I think um, and the weakness was yeah like if you compare it to traditional art like if you are an artist like um, you, you you don't you're indifferent to work with like you don't care about like if it's harder to work with NFTs it's more like if you just compare those two alternatives are there some reasons for not choosing like what are the main reasons for not choosing to to have your art as nfts uh, if you if you if you if you have digital art or if you are you know even if you have physical art but like what what could be the main reasons for you choosing not to go with nfts mm. although like you may see the the benefits yeah hmm I think it's maybe comes down to what we talked about before about the uh, uh, energy and the time it takes to get involved and it doesn't necessarily need to be that way like you can just upload something and um, potentially sell it but for uh, people to have their eyes on it you maybe need to do marketing and stuff so i think it comes back to that yeah and do you talk a lot with people from the traditional art world like uh, and like do you what's what's the reactions especially when you talk with like maybe people older than you uh, and you're trying to like explain nfts like do you do you think the literacy is quite high like that that people have a quite good understanding of what it is or is there a lot of skepticism or i think that uh, um, the art world have been forced to jump into this mm. super fast, like with galleries, like they have to learn about it. Mm. And uh, for example, like Sotheby's and Christie's, they're doing like NFT auctions now as well. 
and by them doing that like all the small galleries have to get into that as well because galleries usually work so it's like a middleman between the artist and the buyer and take a big cut usually but now when they're not as needed they need to uh, learn and adopt on how they can still be a part of this if they want to uh, and build their business around the new ways of trading art Uh, and have you, like in general, since uh, since like if you just look at the, the past year year now, or maybe like the past months when we have seen this, like we are going into a recession, or like by definition we are, although they have changed definition, <laughs> I think, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know we we can see like the stock prices and crypto prices, NFTs also dropping a lot. Uh, how's your like? What's your take on on the on the market itself? I I know that you or I assume you probably mostly are focused on on the art itself uh, rather than following the price movements. But still, it's an it's an you know it's it's still an issue for a lot of people that have you know been you know went very very late to the train, <laughs> and now like um, a lot of NFTs have are are trending towards like zero essentially. Yeah, no, I'm definitely interested in the economic <laughs> uh, value as well, of yeah. course. Um, I think that uh, I think that a lot of products are not gonna be valuable in the future. So I think that's what I mean with that. You have to spend time to learn about it because if you're gonna invest, you have to know what to invest in, and you, that takes time to learn about what's a good investment and not. And uh, the world is going into a recession. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that's. Uh, that's happening but uh, yesterday like if you look at what's trading in nfts like it doesn't look like it's going into a recession but it will be and uh, i think people are gonna be a bit more restrictive for the coming years maybe of what they spend their money on and what they invest in yeah i i think that's a common like common view right that it's although it may sound harsh it's still good for the evolution if you will that that a lot of products will die mm since that will actually make us learn and make us more become more restrictive to what we actually allow <laughs> yeah exactly to, to put to put a high price on at least although everyone is allowed to to create yeah the market nft market has been like very oversaturated with a lot of shitty products <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um so i think uh, as well as you said like i think it's maybe good that it comes these like waves of um uh, people need to have a wake-up call like everything don't go up and some stuff are not gonna go up again um but that's how it goes with the economy yeah. the fairness also will affect you the what that this might affect you as well do you fear that this ah, um no i i don't fear that right now but also <laughs> pretty confident. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, <laughs> like obviously, it has it, obviously like it has affected me as well because yeah. a lot of the stuff I've invested in has gone down now. But uh, I'm gonna keep holding it and we'll see. But Diamond hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Big hands. laughs> uh, no, but I think people will be really careful. But I also think that a lot of uh, people that have a lot of money also see this recessions and when prices go down as buying opportunity so a lot of people are waiting for uh, the prices to go down to buy in again and because uh, they believe that it's going to go up in the future in a few years or whenever yeah mm. and sticking to like the economical perspective here uh if you let's say you were not you you, you understood as much as you do today about nfts and web3 but you were not a digital art, art artist you you only wanted to 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 invest <laughs> in nfts like what what framework do you use would you use or do you use when you look at nft products if you are to like get a sense of how how valuable the product actually is and like how long-term sustainable it is like what what factors would you would you look at mm. like is it the founders or like how the, the scarcity or uh, the the utility it may gain if, if there is more like a community rather than like a collectible or like how would you how would you start off and what would you look at yeah exactly like i think uh, 
community is extremely important like for uh, collectibles at least like if a collectible has a really strong community that's a good indicator but also the founders that the founders are doxxed and not anonymous it's uh, became really important <laughs> like uh, as a lot of these nfts thing have played out and uh, people have uh, done rug pulls so mm. if it's a doxxed person it's harder to do that um and uh, uh yeah what was the last thing uh no it, it, i think it was a, a, a good answer like yes in general like what bro what like what classes you use when you look at nfts because it it varies a lot i i have realized when i talk with people like what they are focusing on in order to determine if it's a investable or non-investable project mm. yeah i think utility is also something i would look at and the roadmap what they have planned ahead and how many years they're like planning ahead like if they have a long-term vision um yeah and do you do you think that like there are categories of nfts that will like in the future be more attractive or like will outperform other categories so for instance that's more utility-based nfts will become more more popular and more attractive rather than pure collectibles Yeah, I think that uh, utility-based NFTs could be worse, uh, like could be valuable in the future. Like, for example, like Board Ape Yacht Club have given mm. like tons of utility and are famous for giving utility to their users. Now they're like valued at like four billion dollars. Mm. <laughs> It's <laughs> crazy. Like, and they stopped like last year. <laughs> uh, so I think that like utility is an important part but for one-on-one art um it's doesn't need to be utility involved at all like a lot of the one-on-one artists don't involve utility in their nfts so um and they can be really valuable as well but also with the uh, like board ape or like those kind of products uh you they've given away the ip rights as well so which also like makes the community wants to create stuff with their board apes like some people have taken their board apes and put them on like started fast food uh, restaurants and mm. some have taken them to uh, bring to brands to market and sell out to brands to rent out so I think um, yeah utility is really important and do you do you have any kind of utility in your NFT products or is it more pure collectible or it's uh, it's pure art like yeah, pure 101 art. Mm. but we have some kind of utility some, sometimes as well okay and and uh and when it comes to to uh like do you do you think also that it will be rather than just collecting nfts that nfts will just more like be be integrated as a part of how we handle like normal day-to-day business in society like for instance like for for tickets uh, and and for for agreements like legal agreements like all that those kind of like boring stuff if you will that that is you know daily operated will that or do you think that will happen like for, you know it will take a long time before we reach that stage of adoption where mm-hmm. it's now no longer more it's it's no longer just an individual you know picking up some nfts it's more like institutions like it's it's integrated in in the, in the way we operate yeah i definitely think so i think that uh, since the blockchain technology is so secure i think that uh, a lot of uh, countries are gonna implement it in their like uh, systems how the countries is functioning for example like um, healthcare like uh, history mm-hmm like you can have that like re- provenance like on the blockchain and it can't be like tampered with um and like covid tests or yeah. <laughs> results yeah, essentially <laughs> so everything like digitally that you want it. to get verified yeah yeah totally uh, yeah yeah so and uh, now uh, what do you have ahead what is your future plans and uh, What are you looking forward the coming year? Mm. So uh, future plans is to keep on learning and keep on being involved in the space and meeting people and network 
and uh, short term is uh, me and Ryan are gonna have a solo exhibition in Montreal next month uh, which will be fun and then uh, we have some VR uh, projects that we're thinking of implementing with these rooms that we're still working on and brainstorming about how to do that in the best way oh that sounds interesting yeah. Uh, How do you get to know all of these people? Uh, do you reach out to them or the exhibitions, do you find them or do they contact you? Or mm. And how do you build up? Yeah, like when we're exhibiting the people organizing the exhibiting or a curator usually contacts us. But uh, for this like technology project, the VR uh, project we're going to do is more that we meet like-minded people on events and stuff and then you start talking and then you like come up with ideas together and then you maybe uh, find that you want to start working together okay and uh, now uh, these last questions are like the purposes i think uh, to to in somewhat like give more practical advice to to the students that are mostly our target group and the, the ones uh, listening so i would like to start off by asking you like do you do you have any examples or like what are the common mistakes that people do when they are trying to to like grasp the concept of nfts or maybe start off by nft with nfts or like in getting involved in in web3 in, in general like do you have some common mistakes that you see people are doing I can imagine a common mistake would be to invest money uh, before you read, <laughs> before you learned about the project or like learned about the space, so that you're too fast and you get like too inspired to just jump in. Uh, that I think is a common mistake, definitely. Is there some mistake that you did in the beginning when you mm. started the transition to? Mm. Well, it's maybe also investing in weird projects maybe <laughs> 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 like thinking oh this is gonna go up and it's like oh my god how can i see that this is like a total like, <laughs> like uh, looked so bad <laughs> was that uh, only with nfts or also cryptocurrencies mm, yeah like like dogecoin <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no but so all these like shit coins yeah. i've invested in as well like <laughs> but those are more that I've invested in those with the mindset that I might lose it. Yeah. Like, uh, that's the thing. Like, you should never like invest money that you aren't willing to lose, and uh, that is really important for students as well. So you don't get yourself in debt or something. And do you have any recommendations for like how to learn more about NFTs or like digital art in general, or like books, podcasts, or websites? Yeah. So I think that. Uh, uh, watching YouTube and reading about it is good but uh, I found mo most of my information on Twitter so uh, before people were talking a lot in Clubhouse and when that died down like a lot of people moved to what's called Twitter spaces I don't know if you've been yeah. listening to it so every week there, there is a show called Rug Radio and um, that's something I listen to every day to keep updated and they go through like the mac macroeconomy perspective, the NFT perspective and what's going on that day. So then you can always like be updated. I also listen a lot to a podcast called Overpriced JPEGs with Carly and uh, I think she's really good at interviewing people and uh, very inspiring content. And there's also Bankless Podcast. And uh, in the studio where we are now, Don Kallaros Crypto, yeah. the Swedish podcast. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so those are the sources where I find information mostly. Nice. And uh, we we talked about life, like the, the, the future plans, like, uh, but I would like to challenge you a little bit because you said uh, in the long run and then you said like uh, one year or so, uh, if we take an even broader perspective, like 10 years from now, what are like your goals or your vision? Like where do you see yourself in terms of your art creation and your NFTs and, and the community and brand you're building? Mm, I definitely see myself still involved in the space somehow. But uh, in 10 years, I 
wanna if you can dream I wanna work with like big artists do collaboration with other artists uh, we're working on one collaboration now with another artist but I wanna do more of those because there is this thing right you should always work with people that are better than you because yeah. then you become better so uh, that's what I wanna do I wanna like try to continuously try to work with people that are uh, better or do other stuff than me so I can continue to learn and evolve and when you're the master what's the plan then <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> then i chill <laughs> <laughs> then i go to sleep <laughs> maybe when you when you work with jim carrey you can <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we can do a collaboration <laughs> together <laughs> okay but uh, alice you have been incredibly like generous with your time here yeah me and edith really appreciate this and it's really yes, valuable for you. us to, to have this conversation uh, and we actually just have one question left. But mm. before that, if to give back to you a little bit here, like if people want to follow you or reach out to you, or just uh, even buy your art, like well, what are like the social media channels or websites or uh, where they can find you and what you're doing? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, uh, Alice Bixell. And uh, the NFTs we sell under Ryan's name on Super Rare. Uh, so his name is Ryan Koopmans. And if you want to reach out, I'm super open to uh, helping or giving feedback to students. So just write to me on Twitter and I'll have a look at it. Okay, we will make sure to link that in the description. Uh, but maybe you can take the, the last one here. Edith. Yeah, if you could leave the listener with just one statement or quote. What would that be? What do you find meaningful? It doesn't uh, need to be related <laughs> to crypto or Web3. And no pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, don't be afraid of change. Embrace change. Embrace change. Yeah. As you said in the beginning. Yeah. The cycle ends here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Alice. Thank, Thank you. you so much. If you'd like to learn more about the Digital Asset Society, you can visit the link in the description. We also have a newsletter which we post weekly. Disclosure, some Digital Asset Society members are investing in certain coins, tokens, or NFTs which may have been spoken about in today's episode. This statement is intended to disclose any conflict of interest and should not be misconstrued as a recommendation to purchase any coin, token, or NFT. This content is for informational purposes only and you should not make any investment decisions based solely on it.